Well, how'd Spider-Man do? What do you think? Did he, did he learn something there? Do you think? Did he, what, what, what was she trying to convey to him about, with maybe a little bit of training in what she needed, what her need of the moment was? <clears throat> maybe she was trying to coach him that, you know, whenever your friends are sad, hurting, lonely, frustrated, <clears throat> that maybe there's a way to respond to your friends and family that could be helpful in maybe other ways that would actually be hurtful and not helpful. And maybe whenever your friends are hurting like she was, maybe what she needed was some, a listening ear and some comfort and some care, and some love. I'm not sure if he really understood that. I'm not sure if, if he really got that. Maybe we can watch some future Spider-Man shows and see if we see anything uh, that uh, indicates that maybe he did learn that. <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> I, I think all of us want to be superheroes. I do. You. <laughs> no, you, you don't want to be a superhero. <laughs> I, I, you know, and so if you were a superhero, you know, what, what, would, that, what would that mean? What would that look like? I, I think, really, you want to know that your life matters. And you want to help people. And you want to push back evil. I think those are three things that we all want to do. But is that really is that really possible for us to experience those things? I think it it is. But I I only think it's possible if we become a lot like Jesus. And I believe Jesus is the greatest superhero that ever lived. <clears throat> and so what we're going to talk about today is how we can experience that life with Jesus in a special way. And <clears throat> my great, the greatest superhero in my life is my grandson, Caleb. And Caleb is going to read our scriptures, again, the two verses <clears throat> that we're focusing on tonight. He's gonna to read those uh, again for us. Jesus said to him, truly, truly I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. In greater works than these will he show him, so that you may marvel. Give him a hand, everybody. Okay, guys, y'all can all go back and sit with your family. Hey, did y'all catch that word, the very last word that uh, was on that? Marvel. Marvel. That's right. Marvel is actually in the Bible means to wonder and to, to, uh, to just be overwhelmed with the beauty 
of God. So recently, I asked the elders <clears throat> this question. I said, so when you think about the Life with God series that we're doing, and the, uh, or, or the vision series that we're doing, and the specific focus we've had on the top circle of Life with God, what do we still need to talk about? What do we still need to work through and Grant Clinton had, the, had a beautiful answer. He said, well, what about focusing on Jesus's life with God? What would that look, what was Jesus's life with God like? And is there some way that we can um, really gain some insight from Jesus's life with God? And I thought, oh, that's beautiful. So for the last two weeks, I've been digging through scripture, <clears throat> studying Jesus's life with God. And, um, and I've, man, there's, I can go through 10 or 20 different things that really reflect Jesus's life with God. But what I did was I boiled it down to two. And that's what I want to um, focus on. And I, <clears throat> I boiled it down to two words, partner, um, partake and partner, <clears throat> that what Jesus actually, his relationship with God first focused around partaking what? Partaking the love of God. Didn't you love the way that Allison said that it's the love of God that is what is going to sustain her through the difficulty that she's going through? I think that that, that Jesus um, relationship with God, his love with God, his partaking in the love is the foundation of Jesus' life with God. It's the, I would even use the word affection. The affection between God and Jesus that was the power, the foundation, the beauty that really led him um, to be able to do all that, that he did. So, kids that were just down here, what's the most important thing in your life? <laughs> in the back. <laughs> what? What did he say? Jesus. I love it. Kind of, kind of impossible to argue with that. What would be the second most important thing in your life after Jesus? My mom. Well, now wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> you mean your chopped liver dad <laughs> is gets to be part of the equation too? <laughs> you mean? Your dad that just preached last week? Yeah, that one. Um, yeah, good, good answer. Uh, your mom and dad. Oh, and, and what about your mom and dad is valuable? Um, they provide for me and they love me and they give me a home that I can stay in. Awesome. Well said. And that was not prompted. I, I, Caleb and I did not talk about that. We did talk about some other stuff, but we, we didn't talk about that. 
And you know what I'd like to zero in on of, of what Caleb said was <clears throat> the love that I have. Because, you know, I mean, <clears throat> you, can, you can have a house to live in and that's nice, you know, but there are a lot of houses. But to have a parent, to have parents that love you, that's special, that's unique, that's beautiful. And, um, and I think Jesus had that same thing. He had a father that loved him. And I think that was really, really powerful in Jesus' relationship. But you might say, so where do we see, where do we see the affection of God in the Bible toward Jesus? If, I, if I'm making the claim that, that God the Father loved God the Son and that that was a powerful, powerful foundational point, where do we see that? Well, the scripture that Caleb just read said that the Father loved the Son. <clears throat> there was another really, really unique and special place where that happened where Jesus went to be baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. And after the baptism, there was a voice from heaven that said what? This is my throwing out affection for all, for Jesus to hear and the people to hear so that the people saw the affection of the Father toward the Son. I think that that was, I think that was not just done for the people that were there. I think it was done for Jesus. Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. And the humanity side of Jesus, I think was greatly encouraged by a father that would declare publicly this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Well, you may say, but, but Randy, that's just, that love from God is just for Jesus. It's really not intended at the same, in the same way for us. And I, I would say, well, but if that's true, how do you put that together with John 17 then? where Jesus said, this is a prayer, Jesus is praying to the Father, and he says, I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. Isn't that beautiful? That Jesus is saying that the Father has been loving me from before I came to earth. And I want all of you disciples, followers of mine, I want you to taste, to partake that love that I've been getting. You know, when you think about what you need when you are sad, frustrated, angry, fearful, anxious, bored, mad, 
you know, there may be, there may be several things that we need in that situation. But you know what I feel like I need more than anything, and I'm, I'm coming to believe this at a deeper and deeper level, is, is that what I need is a touch of the love of my Heavenly Father. I need a fresh experience, a fresh partaking of the love of my Heavenly Father, just like Jesus prayed <clears throat> for me. And why, why is that love so valuable at the point of that? I think it's because there's verses that tell us that things like perfect love casts out fear. It removes anxiety. It reminds me I'm not alone and it gives my life purpose. But you know, I don't always find that easy to actually receive that love from God. Sometimes it's just something in my head, but not in my heart, because I, I'm, I haven't received it. You know, if I if I have a $100 bill in my hand and I hand it out to you, when does it become yours? It's when you take it out of my hand. So it can be offered. The love of God can be offered. But if you're not actually taking it out of the hand of God, it isn't doing anything for you. It's just a mental exercise. It's just a theoretical construct. It's being offered, and that's what I do a lot, is I, I find a new verse that says that God loves me, and I add that one to the list. The list of what? Theological constructs, that it's true, that it's something I mentally need to believe. And more and more, God's saying, Randy, I'm offering it to you, but you, you're not taking it. You're not embracing it. You're not partaking it. Please partake it. And Jesus pr prayed, please partake it. Receive it. Embrace it. And know that's the, your Father's heart. So I'm going to ask you to pray twice tonight. First one right now, and then the second one at the end. I'm going to read the, a prayer to you. I want you, as you listen to this, I want you to decide in your heart, do I agree with that? Do I believe that? Can I embrace that? And then I'm going to read it a second time. And if, if you believe it, receive it, and want it, after the first time, then I want you to pray it silently the second time. Here it is. Father, I believe in my head that you love me, but right now I choose to partake or receive it in my heart right now. Thank you, Father, for that gift.
Okay, and you're in the quietness of your own heart, just silently. I'm going to read that again. I'm going to invite you to pray it. Father, I believe in my head that you love me. But I choose right now to partake or receive that love in my heart. Thank you, Father, for that beautiful gift. Amen. So we're, <clears throat> we're calling that first characteristic of Jesus's life with God, partaking, partaking of the love of the Father, experiencing the love of the Father, that Jesus in his life with God, he laid the foundation of taking, receiving, partaking the love of the Father, and he prayed that we would do the same. So what's the second key aspect? I mentioned there were two things that I wanted to talk about tonight that defined Jesus's relationship with the Father, his life with the Father. So the second one is what I'm calling partner. Jesus partnered with God for the things that he did every day. What, what did you hear in the scripture related to that? Jesus said, I do nothing of my own initiative. Throughout that whole, you can go back and read that whole chapter in John 5, it's beautiful. And Jesus is saying over and over, I, <clears throat> I'm not doing anything of my own. Only what I see the Father doing, only what the Father is doing, do I do. And, um, and so he, he listened to the Father. He asked the Father, you know, have you ever thought much about, so when Jesus prayed, Jesus prayed a lot. He got up early, talks about staying up late at night, talked about praying all through the night one time, just all kinds of prayer. What all did he pray about? Well, <clears throat> one of the things that I think he prayed about was asking the Father, so Father, what are we doing today? Where, where are we headed? Father, we're in Capernaum right now. I know you want me to go to Jerusalem sometime soon. Is today the day you want us to go to Jerusalem? Or, or um, so, Father, I know we've talked about um, going through Samaria. And, and you've kind of revealed to me this idea of this woman at the well. Is today the day that we're going to, to meet the woman at the well? Is, is today the day you're, you're turning Samaria upside down? I just, because I, I, I want it, I don't want to do it my way. I want to do what you want. I want to, if today's the day to go to Samaria, I want to go, but Lord, please tell me, is, is Samaria? <laughs> or, I think, 
I think God, Jesus might have said at one point, you know, Father, these disciples that you gave me, they're kind of lame. <laughs> they, they sure argue a lot. And, uh, you know, man, how many times do I have to say to them, do not fear? I mean, it's like these guys are just fear bags. <laughs> I mean, Lord, is there something I need to do different in the way that I'm talking to them and discipling them? What, what do you, Father, do you, have a, do you have a different game plan on how we can get rid of this fear thing that they're struggling with so much? I'm, I'm all ears. You, you're, it's your game. You're the one that's discipling these disciples. You're the one that's, that's doing all this. So just tell me, what do, what's, what's your plan for today for me to help them not walk in fear so much? <clears throat> the verse after the ones that Caleb read said, For as the father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the son gives life to whom he will. <clears throat> so the father and the son are working together to bring life to dead things. That's one of the things that's on the father's heart is, hey, Jesus, got a lot of dead stuff going on out here. You who we need to bring life to today. And I think that that's part of what partnering, partaking of his love and partnering with him, partnering with him to do what? To bring life to dead things. And I would say, that there's nothing more exciting, more fulfilling, more meaningful than partnering with God to bring life to people. I, I, I mean, you want a purpose? Those of you that are in high school and you're thinking about going to college and you're thinking about what you can do with your life that would be exciting and fulfilling. Yeah, your career is important what you do and what you study and where, where you go with it is, is important for you to consider. But that is nowhere near as important as if you can get to the place to say, there is nothing more exciting, more fulfilling, more meaningful than partnering with God to bring life to death. And that's everything from leading people to follow Jesus that are not following Jesus, to bring, breathing life into those that are already following Jesus, but maybe are stumbling and struggling, and, and your loving kindness breathes life into them and leads them to walk with Jesus intimately. So you may say, well, <clears throat> Randy, that sounds a little complicated or difficult to bring life to dead things. You know, um, so what, could you give me an example, a couple of examples of something that would be really practical of if, if I'm going to do like Jesus, 
which is, and that's what I'm suggesting, is that we say, I do nothing of my own initiative. I'm not running the show here. This life that I'm living is not about me choosing to do what I want to do. It's about asking Jesus, what do you want to do through me today? You know, Hebrews 10.25 says that we should encourage one another. And so if, I don't think God tells us to encourage one another unless that's his heart. He's not telling us to go do something that he's not doing. So I think it's fair to say that God is in the job, in the business of encouraging people, encouraging you, encouraging me, encouraging those around us. So you wanna ask, you wanted to say, God, what are you doing today around me that you want me to partner with you to do? I think one of the things that he would say is encourage some people. So here's a prayer. God, who in my orbit needs encouraging? Who in my family needs encouraging? Who at my school needs encouraging? Who on my street, my neighborhood needs encouraging? And then just let God speak to you about how you might be the arms and the hands and the feet to encourage. Second Corinthians 1, same concept. God says, I'm the God of all comfort who comforts so that comforts you so that you may be able to comfort others. Well, that verse doesn't make any sense unless we say that's on God's heart to be actively, consistently, regularly, daily comforting people, comforting us. So, prayer that goes with that, God, who in my orbit needs comforting today? Who in my world, who in my school? Kids, who at your school might be a little discouraged, a little sad, a little frustrated, and they may need some comfort? Ask God to show you and say, God, I just, I don't want to just do whatever I want to do. I want to do what you're doing. I want to follow what you're doing. And God will tell you, he'll show you who to comfort. So, you know why this whole partnering with God to do what he's doing doesn't always work out in my life real well? You know why I oftentimes am not real good at it? It's because oftentimes my focus is just all about me. I've just got my eyes on me, on what I want, what I need, what I think is, is in my orbit. And I'm not really thinking about what God is doing in and through and around me. I'm not really thinking about my friends and family that much because I'm just thinking about me so much. You ever get caught in that trap? Just too much thinking about me. And <clears throat> I get even more in the ditch sometimes when I think about, well, you know, not only do I at times not encourage some people that are around me, 
but I actually go the opposite and I discourage them. So that's actually going in the 180 degree difference from what God is wanting to do. He's, he's wanting to encourage his believers, his children. And I'm over here saying and doing things that are discouraging people. It's, it's part of the flesh that, we, that I have to war against because that's exactly what Satan wants me to do is to be a discouragement, not an encouragement. So I think Jesus' life with God can be our life with God and um, we can say, God, I don't, I don't want to be all wrapped up in me. I want to partner with you to love people. So here's your second and final prayer for the day. Again, I'm going to read it. See if it embraces and resonates with you. And then I'm going to read it a second time and I invite you to, to embrace it. Father, speak to me right now. Who in my world needs your love, your encouragement, your comfort? Lord, give me the courage to <coughs> hear from you and love like you do. Okay, if that resonated, pray it silently with me. Father, Speak to me right now. Who in my world needs your love, your encouragement, your comfort? <coughs> Lord, give me the courage to love like you do. Amen. As Monica and the music team come back up um, on the stage for us to, to close our time, let's be people that partake and partner. Like Jesus, partaking deeply in God's love as our foundation and then partnering with God in what he is doing, asking him to show us what he is doing. Let's be people that are partaking deeply in God's love as our foundation and then partnering with God in what he is doing. I hope that part of what you heard also tonight tied together with what you've heard Jake preach on the last few weeks on the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. The Spirit-filled life is the life where we partake and partner. The Spirit-filled life is the life where we partake the love of the Father, and we partner. We, ab we, we abide and, and partake in the love of God. And then we lay down 
our tendency to run our own life, but instead ask the Holy Spirit to lead us, partner with us, fill us, so that we can bear much fruit. Because we're not going to bear much fruit and we're not going to become more like Christ and we're not going to have, we're not gonna be, uh, we're not gonna look a lot like the power and the beauty of Christ if we're not regularly partaking and then partnering and letting the Spirit of God direct us. Father, I just thank you so much that it is you, that that's the foundation. So Father, this week as we might feel frustrated, overwhelmed, anxious, and we start pedaling even faster to try and keep up with what we're doing and get through what we're doing and be successful and what, whatever strategies we use to, to work through the, the stress, the pain, the anxious, the anxiety, the fear, let us not run past that first beginning place of just partnering, partaking in the love, in your love, and let that love just overwhelm us and settle us and give us peace. And then give us the, bless us with the power to this. Thank you. We love you and pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. We invite you to stand and, and, and uh, pray. Uh, reach out to one of our prayer partners in one of the corners of the building. And, um, and just come and whatever, this, whatever God stirred up in you. Uh, as a result of this that you feel like you would like to have prayed over you. Um, just come and, and uh, ask for, uh, for God to do a supernatural work uh, in your life.